Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of DQ with Demonic. Seems like the boxing gods have answered our prayers because there's been a lot of motion in the alphabet bodies this week, that's for sure. The WBC and IBF have finally started handing out mandatory defense notices, something that they should have been doing a long time ago. We've got matchups between Shakur Stevenson and Pitbull Cruz, Wilder and Ruiz, and Errol Spence taking on Keith Thurman, potentially. Kazakhstan's Yanabek has pulled it off again, although some people may believe his win came slower than expected. After Demetrius Andrade vacated his WBO middleweight world championship, Yanabek was promoted to world champ status from his previous interim belt. The middleweight world champion gave fans a treat this past weekend. There have been discussions surrounding Yanabek for a very long time. Some have even started calling him the second coming of Triple G. Throughout the 12-round spectacle, he even loaded up on a cross and delivered it very similar to the aforementioned legend. There was little left to the imagination when it came to his opponent. He was easily outmatched despite having a solid chin. Yanabek took his time slowly picking away at the guard. His opponent from the United Kingdom attempted to back away several times, but there was little room for him to run around the ring. Controlling the perimeter and even the center of the ring came easily to Yanabek, showcasing his ring generalship and offensive prowess. This fight gave Yanabek some much-needed press, sizing him up to be a salivating WBO, WBC unification fight with Jamal Charlo. We'll see whether or not he seems interested, though. Yanabek has already expressed that he doesn't want to fight his fellow countryman Triple G, showing just how much respect he has for his predecessor. It's clear that Triple G paved the way for a lot of Kazakhstani fighters. It's obvious by now that Yanabek is on a collision course for Jamal Charlo, who hasn't fought since his 2021 unanimous decision victory over Montiel. Next up, great news regarding Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz and his camp are definitely excited for the future. The WBC's recent press conference announced that an order has been given to downsize the level of competition at heavyweight. Tyson Fury has been defending his sole WBC belt for some time now and is geared up for a return in December against Derek Chisora for a trilogy fight. Andy Ruiz is meant to lace up his gloves against Deontay Wilder next in a WBC final eliminator to determine the true number one contender for Tyson Fury's WBC World Heavyweight Championship. Both Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz have made progress since their losses, with Deontay Wilder picking up a vicious knockout victory in the first round against Robert Hellenius, of course, which I attended live, and his future opponent Ruiz comfortably getting a unanimous decision victory over King Kong Luis Ortiz. Following up on this heavyweight news, though, is the unfortunate advent that Alexander Usyk will have to fulfill his IBF mandatory match before he can get to Tyson Fury. This super fight has been hot on the lips of thousands of journalists, pundits, and boxers alike. This battle for heavyweight supremacy was so close, yet after this recent development still so far away, I know this is painful for a lot of fans. The IBF has ordered Usyk to fight number one contender El Animal, Philip Hergovich, in a contest which many believe Usyk will cruise through. According to Usyk's promoter, Alexander Krasiuk, Usyk's contest with Hergovich won't hinder his mission to unify all of the belts at heavyweight. Krasiuk told Sky Sports this week that Usyk is planning for his fight to be against Tyson Fury next, showing both his confidence in his fighter, but confidence in their plan to become two-time the undisputed world champions. Finally, the match we have all been waiting for has been signed into existence. After months of conversation, social media buildup, Promoter wars and commentary from others in the weight class, Ryan Garcia and Ting Davis will finally go to war in 2023. 
Tank Davis has stated that on January 7th, he will take on Hector Luis Garcia for his WBA lightweight title. For the Ryan Garcia fight, though, an exact date has not been announced yet, but there are still many fight fans who have been eagerly waiting for this fight to materialize. I know for sure that the WBC and WBA are appreciative of these two getting the fight done. There have been too many issues to count regarding belts, ranking, and even getting across to fans that there is more work to be done regarding mandatories. Tank and Garcia fighting at 135 pounds opens the world up to more possibilities, including potentially unifying the winner's belt with Devin Haney's WBA belt, creating yet another undisputed lightweight championship showdown. The lightweight division has come under a lot of scrutiny, similar to the heavyweight division that I just mentioned, for moving way too slow. There is a lot of talent and not enough belts going around. Aside from this, there are certainly not enough matchups being made to eliminate the saturation problem the lightweight division is having. As I mentioned two weeks ago, Virgil Ortiz is still waiting in the stands for his opportunity at the titles. Michelle Rivera is currently ranked number two, with William Zapata sitting at the number three spot currently. Tank Davis announced alongside the fight being signed that the opportunities for these fighters needs to come now. There are way too many people waiting on Oscar De La Hoya, way too many people waiting on Floyd Mayweather, and certainly way too many people waiting on Al Heyman. Seems like Eddie Hearn's the only guy willing to cross promotions as often as possible to get these fights finished. There is no word yet on anything regarding zone, but we do know that Showtime pay-per-view will be handling the Hector Luis Garcia fight. William Zapata would definitely be a difficult fight for Tank after both of them. It's a big risk, but Rivera is also a good challenge to get the message across that Tank is here to stay at 135. There's a lot of talk of Tank taking these guys on, but... As a, as a fight fan, it's very interesting to see how many possibilities there are for Tank, aside from just Ryan Garcia. One fighter we haven't discussed on the podcast yet is Pitbull Cruz. This guy gave Tank a run for his money. I haven't seen Tank have as much trouble as any of his past opponents as he did against Cruz. A lot of people believe Cruz won that fight, me personally. I believe Tank handled himself well in there against a forward pressure fighter. He had his earmuffs on the whole fight, but he didn't stay on his bicycle, so nobody can say Cruz isn't a warrior. He brought the fight to Tank, but as we like to say, anything can happen in boxing. Loss is a loss. Cruz moved on well. Cruz and his team down in Mexico have been panicking for what seems like the whole week, though. The WBC officially ordered the Pitbull and rising lightweight Shakur Stevenson to fight in a mandatory matchup. There's been no word officially from either fighter on when this fight will happen, but it is clear that Cruz and his team do not want to fight Shakur. Get your ducks out. It's duck season. In fact, Cruz's father complained about the matchup being unfair to his son. It's understandable, of course, why he would feel that way. Cruz has been on a streak of two impressive wins since his highly contested unanimous decision loss to Tank. Fighting Shakur would be dangerous to his momentum at the moment. Especially with the fans down in Mexico, he's had a lot of support, especially from Canelo, a couple other Mexican fighters, Zerto Ramirez as well, Oscar Valdez. There have been a lot of people supporting Cruz. Don't get me wrong here. He's a great fight for the Mexican fans. Always a great fight for the Mexican fans. They will show up for this man, Cruz. However, it is still creating issues in regards to transparency in the sport. That's one thing we cannot deny. This podcast stands by transparency in boxing. Anytime a fighter comes up, little duck situation, Errol Spence, for example, got to take care of it. We got to speak on it. 
these fights need to happen. They need to get done. And unfortunately for Cruz, denying this fight is only going to slow down the lightweight division even more. Avoiding Shakur is a bad look for Cruz here, considering Shakur is a former undisputed champion at 130 and is immediately coming for championship status at lightweight. If Cruz really does hope to reach the if Cruz really does hope to reach the lightweight titles once again, he will need to go through Shakur first. There is no way of getting around Shakur. Shakur Stevenson at this moment in time is one of the hottest fighters moving up. We've seen Danny Danny Garcia, of course. He, you know, fair play to him, but right now he's there's a lot of conversations surrounding Danny being a little aged out at this point in time. There's a lot of people who believe that his world title aspirations are behind him. Um, I personally believe that Danny still has a few years left in him, maybe three, four. He could definitely challenge for a title again. But the hot commodity right now, especially at the lower weight classes, is Shakur Stevenson, without a doubt. They need to get this fight done. I don't see any other way Shakur gets to Devin Haney without Cruz stepping in, Zepeda stepping in, Rivera stepping in. There has to be some placeholder fight. While people figure out what to do with Lomachenko, there has to be a fight in the meantime. It's just impossible to come from all of these fights being set up by the WBC to having fighters just like randomly turn them down. It's very strange to me how Cruz and his team feel comfortable doing that when they just knocked out Gamboa. Having confidence in yourself is one thing, but straight up denying legacy building opportunities for your fighter is is very strange very strange but the same could be said of plenty of other fighters hot on the tails of cruz just as i mentioned other fighters the boxing world is in flames currently surrounding the welterweight picture people are beginning to seriously question the integrity of legacy between errol spence and terence crawford I know I report on these two for what seems like every week. I know you guys may get a little tired of it. The constant tirades on social media, the call-ins, and unnecessary disrespect between those in the media just screams discontent, though. And I can't ignore it. The WBC and IBF have ordered the truth, Errol Spence Jr. and Keith Thurman to do battle in a mandatory welterweight matchup. However, this breeds many issues regarding the image of Errol Spence Jr. Spence has said many times before that he will never fight one-time Thurman, going as far as to say he won't even have a shot against him. The fans appreciated this for some time due to the fact that Crawford and the full undisputed fight was just on the horizon. Now, with Crawford fighting on Black Prime to defend his WBO title against Avanesian, boxing media and the fans are enraged because Spence might double back on this statement to the public. On fellow podcast The Boxing Voice, Many people express that both Crawford and Errol's legacies are in jeopardy if this fight isn't completed. There are plenty of fights that never materialized throughout boxing history, one such being Big Daddy Riddick Bowe, Lennox Lewis. They talked a whole lot of trash in the media, but when time got ticking down to the midnight hour and it was time to sign those contracts, the fight just never happened. A lot of media, a lot of fans, pundits, etc., they feel that this fight is necessary, not just for their legacies, but for the legacy of the welterweight division. At 147, we have not had a lineal champion since Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. And that man is doing exhibitions riding into the sunset now. The fact that this man is doing exhibitions 
making millions of dollars, going out to Saudi Arabia, taking trips for his own leisure, and we can't get this fight is absurd. How is it that the former lineal champion is living a life of luxury, free from the sport, finally, still having fun and enjoying himself, but we can't have the same for Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford? It just doesn't make sense. These guys could have got that fight done, walked away with upwards of maybe $15 million for the sake of Al Heyman. Let's lower that a little bit. Let's let's let's. We know he's generous, but he's not really that generous. Let's let's say ten to eight million dollars each. Each man walks away with. That's it. That's all it takes. But of course, contractual agreements, making sure that the right money's on the paper, and being transparent just didn't happen. Which of course, Terrence Crawford wasn't happy with. He expressed that several times on the twenty-minute Instagram live session that he had. It just. It just screams discontent from all sides. Everybody is unhappy. Nobody is winning. And all everyone wants is to just see these two men get it done. Figured this out. But at this moment in time, it's not going to happen. Doesn't seem that the boxing gods want it for us. So we'll just have to settle for hopping on over to Black Prime. See Adrian Broner, Terrence Crawford do battle over there. One thing I can say for certain, though, is that Terrence Crawford is getting paid. I don't want anybody out here watching my show thinking that Terrence Crawford is ducking because he isn't. Black Prime came to him with a $20 million deal for a singular fight. Keep that in mind. This is $20 million for one fight, not $20 million spread across three fights, four fights. This is $20 million for one. And like Terrence Crawford said, how could you be mad at him for going to get mad? You got to take care of your kids, especially this time in boxing history. There are a lot of fighters who are getting screwed over through contracts, even, even though we have access to the Ali Act. Sometimes the money just isn't on the paper. There's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes with promoters, with networks that fighters sometimes just don't know about. But Terrence Crawford, very business smart, making all of the right moves, made sure that the right things were there. And of course, they weren't. If the money ain't right, if the negotiations ain't sounding like they want to bend the knee to you, you got to do what you got to do. I certainly do not blame this man for going to fight on Black Prime. If I was in the same position as him, holding on to one belt, and the undisputed fight could not be made simply because they weren't willing to be open with me, who, who is anyone else to be mad at me for wanting to, to secure a better position, not just financially, but in the eyes of other promoters? If they see that you're willing to take these fights at a higher price, they will not only just respect you for your work ethic, two, they'll respect you for wanting to jump ship. Fighter loyalty is very hard to come by these days, and it seems like Al Heyman is really one of the only guys who has that. There are guys on the zone who have been pretty open about Eddie Hearn, and there have been guys who are closed off about him. Fighter, fighter loyalty is really just that strong sometimes, but... It seems that Terrence Crawford doesn't care much about that. Whoever is willing to give you the biggest bang for your buck is where you should go. And I don't blame him. Go ahead, Terrence Crawford. Get that bag. Just to touch up on the MMA side of things, we've got UFC Fight Night this Saturday. Derek Lewis returns to the Octagon. Very excited to see our boy from Texas get that work in. The Black Beast hasn't really had a great time past couple of fights, but 
He's looking to turn things around, get back up into the title picture. I believe he could do it. He's had pretty strong, strong showing against even the toughest opponents in the division. Volkov gave him that work. It's a shame tied to Avaza. Bam Bam. He's got good hands on him. A lot of guys, they just can't stand up to him, Greg Hardy included. <laughs> of course, Greg Hardy, he switched over, fighting Hasim Rockman Jr. same night. So, Combat Sports World, I'll let you guys choose. Hasim Rockman over the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Boxing or MMA, your call. Once again, we've reached the end of another wonderful week of combat sports. Don't forget to support your local boxers at some events this weekend and tune into UFC Fight Night. And most importantly, stay out of the cold. Winter is coming. I know a lot of my New Yorkers can relate to that. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of BQ with Damani. It's been a pleasure delivering you the best news and analysis the sport has to offer. Stay safe and be blessed. <laughs>